Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here, tuning in to us for the 43rd episode. And today's episode is going to be with head coach, Chesapeake High School, Pasadena, Maryland, Kenny King. Kenny King, Coach King, um, didn't know, got to know him, known him for quite some time through the Maryland State Association of Baseball Coaches, the MSABC which Ken serves as the president of the organization right now. Uh, like I said, Coach King is the head coach at Chesapeake High School, um, one of the dominant programs in the state. Um, and they continue to compete year in and year out. State champions in 14, state finals in 10, 16, 17. Been a four-time region champ in the nine years that he's been there. And... Um, you know, just a, just a first class guy all the round, all the way around. First class human being, and uh, really fortunate um, to know Ken. Met on many clinics. Privilege to sit on the board with him at the MSABC, and um, you know, I, I loved talking to Ken. Not only just from a baseball standpoint, but just life in general. Um, it's a fantastic guy and a guy that I'm, again, just privileged, blessed to have in my life. So. Um, Coach King gets into a, a multitude of things from um, interesting things he's learned to, from the coach's clinic, uh, how, he's, how he's restructured his BP to cultural things, um, how he manages the staff, their youth program, how, they, how he holds a standard and the things like that he does in, in, the, in the school, um, as well as how, he's, how he helps with uh, creating just a special environment uh, at Chesapeake and the alumni relations that he has um, and just the advice that he gives at the end of the podcast um, to just coaches everywhere um, and really talking about the, the type of learner that he is and, and talking about the type of um, person uh, that he has in the relationships that he has. And I just had a great conversation, and I'm hoping that you enjoy it. I know you – I'm sure you will uh, for those people that are tuning in that are wanting to learn and get better and I'm sure that's why you're tuning in. So continue to turn in, continue to give me the great feedback. And uh, without further ado, here he is, Coach Ken King, Chesapeake High School in Pasadena, Maryland. Oh six, oh seven, we went up to Cherry Hill and, and they had their whole staff up there. So we started going to listen to their pitching guy, listen to their everything guy. And then when John Cohen gets up there and describes his uh, – his batting practice and how he uses the scoreboard. Yeah. I thought this must be a little interesting. So my coach and I took as many notes as we possibly could. And we dumbed it down to our, you know, 18 guys rather than their 40 guys and eight statisticians and everything else they had. We just tried to incorporate as much live activity in a batting practice as we possibly could do. Um, it never goes perfect, but we're always striving to get a little bit better. The kids buy in. They, they're getting quick work at stations. They're moving to a different station. They're working through a bunning drill. They're working through a hit-and-run drill. They're working through a running first to third drill. And, you know, it's the beauty of this is it's all baseball-related, but it doesn't follow a baseball path. Sometimes you tell a guy at first base, look, I want you to work on your turn at second, and if the ball gets hit, you're going first to third. And he says, well, coach, it was a ground ball to short. I said, I don't care. You're not playing the ball. You're playing this skill. You're developing this skill in this moment. And we can do that with every skill all the time. We, we want to put a situation where we tell our middle infielders, hey, look, next eight, 10 balls, you're going double plays. No matter what the runner is doing, you just work the double play. So what that also does a little bit is it, it, it creates distraction. Because if you're a shortstop fielding the ball, you're never going to see a guy running at you because he's not going to run at you. He's going to go back to second base. So it creates that distraction and puts you back on the focus of what you're supposed to do in that part of the drill. And so we, we've made as many opportunities like that as we possibly could. It, it works quite well for us, and, and, and it's not too difficult to learn. But it is, it's an active period for everybody because you got your first base coach talking about leads. You got your third base coach waving a guy home or holding him up, depending on what you know, he sees and you could do ball reads on that or he could just do random and work on the guy's footwork when they're doing things. So how did you, because I know, like you said, it took like seven statisticians to chart. Do you chart all those things? Have you, have you, how have you been creative with your charting and things like that? So we don't chart 
all those things, we might choose one thing to chart. And one of my favorite things to chart is when that guy hits that weak ground ball and his eighth, his eighth swing, whatever, and he runs to first base. And mm -hmm. I, I can vividly hear John Cohen yelling, you know, my sister's 29-year-old overweight guy can run faster than that. And that's what we do sometimes. We, we say, well, you know, you're faster, Trey, you're faster than Ken, but Ken beat your time. So what does that mean for you? And, and his, Cohen's famous, famous line was, Coach Clock doesn't lie. That's some of that's what we did a lot. So just 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 getting the time from the guy's last swing when he runs live. Yeah. Right. When he, when he's supposed to run live. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um so like uh I I, I love that. So um have you uh, so how did it, how, like your goals? So you typically set we'll set hitting goals within that batting practice as well, right? Yeah, we want percentages of getting the play down. So if we're hitting uh, you know hitting behind the runner hitting runs swing, we want that to be a 60 to 70% of the time we're getting that ball in the right spot. And, you know, kids, kids get, I guess they get patterned into what they're doing and they swing at that high pitch. And then, then we have the conversation. Is that a pitch that you can do here? If you're going to swing on that because we're going hit and run understand, but don't hit a foul ball up high like that, protect the runner. Okay. But understand you're telling us, you understand you can't hit that ball on the right side, but you're protecting the runner. Cause that's a skill that we want to work on too. He'll catch your back. So things like that, we, we like to incorporate, but I don't, I don't want to say, I don't think we necessarily chart as much as maybe we could, mm -hmm. but I guess that's part of the plan too. You know, a part of the plan of it's, it's a bigger entity than what we can handle to do the same thing they've done at, at Mississippi state. But uh, you know, we, we do the best we can, especially if we see something we need to work on that we've lapsed on in a couple of games, something like that. That's mm -hmm. approach that. For sure. So, and you've seen pretty big results, I guess, coming through that. So you like the, the developing of the skill, like specific skills that you like from it, especially the things that you said, like you said, things that you need to work on. And right. then two, you like the distractions of it to be able to want to kind of create a little bit more little chaos. Yep. So maybe the game might be a little bit easier. Um, and then three, is it, is it, is it, I guess the competition of it, right? Do you have, if, if you meet these certain things, do they run? Do you have two teams that compete? Uh, how do we, you actually put that? that up? Yep. So one of the ways that we do that is we'll, we'll uh, you know, my assistant coach for, gosh, 11 years, he would say, okay, somebody pick a number between one and 100. And 99 times out of 100, he's picking his own number that he wears on his back, and the kids don't pick it up. So years go by before kids pick this up. But it's pretty funny. So we'll have uh, a, a two players, and then we'll say, we'll either say today, all right, you're going to pick your team back and forth. Or sometimes we say, you're going to pick Trey's team and Trey's going to pick your team. And so they start to buy in like, so what's our focus today? They want to know what the focus is before they pick the team. So you can see you're getting that, that thought process of what can we get our guys to do? How can we get them to do it better? And just how can we get them to concentrate down and do what we want? So at the end of that, we might have all kinds of things. Um, we, we've had a, uh, um, clean up the field. We have these things we call triangles. We go from home plate, right field pole, left field pole, home plate, and we got to get it under 50 seconds. Okay. So we might do something like that. Uh, just some sort of a, a reward system because they, you know, they love to compete. So that I think the, the better you can make that, the harder they're going to work to get it done. And they're always jiving you. Hey, what's our score? How many do we get? And we never tell them to the end. We make them sweat it out. Well, so you were using the scoreboard too, weren't you? Did you, were you able to incorporate that? We tried to use the scoreboard once, but it didn't work. Didn't work yeah. at all. Um, plus, we don't have the scoreboard that Mississippi State has. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not many in America do. Yeah, trying to keep track of uh, <coughs> the things. And in the innings, the runs per inning, you can only go to nine. So if yeah. you get, you know, nine base hits, that's all you can record. Then it goes to a zero. So, you know, we had some limitations on that. But sure. to, to get all that out, the planning of that, probably never came through as, as well as it should have. And Hey, that's on me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so what were some of the things, okay. So like well, another thing, um, you know, that, I just think it was so unique to, uh, and well, I guess people don't might not know from outside of the state is thinking of, um, I think how unique you guys warm up, um, and, and throw the ball around, um, mm -hmm. And how everybody's getting those kind of get more different types, more throws and things like that. Um, where did you come up with that? Could you, you know, walk us through a little bit of that and just to kind of show everybody, you know, 
just that uniqueness. Where did it, where did it come from? Like what, and I think just you being creative and you being the teacher, you just, you always try to find these different ways. And I think that's pretty unique. Well, I would love to sit here and tell you that I'm going to take credit for that. And I do <laughs> a lot of things, but that was totally my assistant coach. He, uh, he had been using that with his youth team for many, many years. And he basically just kind of came up with a system where on every situation on the infield, if we do a, it's a, it's a four circuit rotation. If we do the four circuits, then every infielder gets to make every throw he'd possibly need to make. Mm. And we incorporate tags in that. We incorporate uh, throw behinds with the, you know, the fake throw, double play to first and swing to third. We incorporate everything we possibly can do, including our uh, first and third pick series from our catchers. Mm. We incorporate all of that into a four round system. It usually, if we do it right, that we can get the four rounds done. I think it's in like 102 mm. is a pretty consistent time, but we're making 75 throws there, 70 throws. I can't, I mean, I could count them up, but it might not be quite that many, but we're making a lot of throws and the kids are active. Then they're always moving. We, we get them talking in that respect as well. And it's just something that, uh, you know, another com- competitive part of practice that's not part of the batting practice drill, but another competitive way to, 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 you know, charge them up and prepare them for when the pressure's real. Yeah. Well, like you said, they're making game like throws too, kind of getting used to what they're getting ready to do. Will you compete right. like, well, well, again, you'll just pick teams in that situation. You'll pick teams and they'll kind of compete against each other like that to see who can get, who can get it done the cleanest, who can get it done the fastest. I don't think we've ever done that. What we do is we basically put our, all of Rainfield in there. So okay. we generally have a couple shortstops, a couple, you know, a couple seconds, like everybody does a couple, you know, a couple third, a couple first, but uh, we just put them all out there and they rotate through. So if we have three third basemen, then they're following the path. They know what their next throw is and they step in there and make it. And, and we keep, we keep going. Can you, can you take us through the circuit? Can you take us through what the four, what the four things are? Do you mind divulging a little bit into it? Ooh, that would be, that'd can be, you? I'll tell you what, just, to, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to skip back into baseball. I want to see it. I want to feel I it. You know you. what I mean? Well, I can send you a video of it, but that'll be a little better uh, descriptive than what we do. But we have a – so our first series, I think we uh, – the catcher starts with the ball. He throws the ball to the second baseman at second base who com- completes his uh, double play. It'd be like a, a two, four, uh, three double play. He throws to first base. First base will put the ball on the ground, pick it up, and start a three, six, three double play. Then the first baseman throws across to third. Third baseman makes a charge at home. Part of our pick series, we have our shortstop coming kind of at an angle towards the mound. Mm-hmm. Catcher throws the ball right there, and depending upon what the second baseman says, he lets it go or catches it. And if he catches it, he's going home. If he lets it go, then we're doing our fake double play at first, going to third, and third's coming back to home. I, I think that's how the first one goes. Um, I haven't been in the infield for probably four years, so to ask me to get any more of those, that'd be a little tough. Uh, I, I I think I'm going to be presenting this at the uh, BCA conference next year, so oh, I will sweet. have it <laughs> sketched out by then for sure. Sweet, yeah, because like I said, it's it's just something really unique, and I think it's so purposeful. You know, when you see you guys do it, and it's something that you're like, wow, like you just you get that feeling when you see things like that. Like these guys are well coached, and that's what everybody knows coming into walk play Chesapeake and and and, and you that these guys are going to be well coached, they're prepared, and something like that comes out, you just know that these guys just aren't showing up to play these guys. You're, we're going to have a dog fight in our hand, you know? And I remember talking to Mike Fraunfelter. I, I had to tell you this story. I don't know if you, if you heard it. Cause um, he did, he did a, uh, we got a conversation about, I guess it was three weeks ago. He, he came on and he, I don't know if you know this, but when he, his first year coaching, his first three games was against uh, Lowry senior Jefferson, <laughs> Bernie, and then you. You know, that was his three games at Fred Urbana that he got to play with. So I'm like three Hall of Fame guys, you know, like and got to come down and play you and and how tough you guys are. And that was just uh he just had nothing but great things to say as well um about you, buddy. But um well, but cool. yeah, man, I I I, I yeah. Uh, so anybody who wants to get into that, man, needs to reach out because it's something to see. And I think it's so purposeful, especially, you know, me just loving infield as it is. I I love to see things like that, that guys are making plays and I love the little wrinkle you have in there, you said, if he catches it to go home or he lets it go through. So even they're still making decisions within that, you know, like, so, so game. Yeah. yeah that, that's our primary uh, first and third defense right there. We throw through and, and we make a determination based upon what we see. 
So we got to practice that, right? And we get it wrong a lot. Don't get me wrong. We get it wrong quite a bit and we get it wrong in games, but we're preparing to, to get it right uh, in, in, a, in a highly competitive manner. And that's all we can ask. Yeah. I mean, so you said that you're, so you have uh, your one assistant, you said he's been there with you 11 years. So in, he's basically in charge of the infield. Right. Yep. And then, so um, what things, you know, are you, I guess you're in, are you in charge, most of charge of the pitchers? Like how, pretty, are you, how do you manage the staff? I guess what I, I guess what I'm kind of getting at. So, okay. So that's, that's a great point. And I'll tell you what, um, this is something that I did wrong when I first started coaching and I think I'm doing it right now. I'll, I'll take you back to Eastern Tech, 1996. Um, maybe it's 97 or 98. I became the head coach, and it was my first head coaching job in high school. And I thought, I'm going to do everything because I know everything, and I'm going to get it done. It's going to be perfect. And I realized really quickly that that was about the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. So what I've gone to at this point in time is I've really – gone out and gotten assistant coaches that, that first of all, have a buy-in and I'll explain that in a minute, but are competent. And then I do something that I actually learned from my wife and her business uh, might not sound difficult, but I had my coaches. Okay. And what I mean by I get, I had them is I give them the job and under that hat's their job description. Now I'm not physically giving them a hat or a job description, but I'm telling them you're in charge of this. And then I let them coach because they're there to coach. They are there because they're, you know, they interviewed with me and I liked what I heard and I, and they know what they're doing. And so I let them coach. Uh, I've had uh, half a dozen, maybe even more opportunities where uh, this coach doesn't want to do the thing the way I like to do it, but I watch what they do. And if it's acceptable, I let them do it because if that guy doesn't have some feeling for this program, why is he staying? He's not going to stay. Then you got to find somebody new again. So one of the unique things about our program, we have six coaches total. Awesome. Five of our coaches played in our program. And one of them goes back to graduated 83. And the last one, the last two have actually played for me. So five of our coaches have played in the program. Our other coach had a son who played in the program. So every every one of my coaches has this buy-in and there's a trust between us that they're going to do the job that they've been assigned. Um, I kind of float more so than I'm assigned anything. I think last year I was going to be more, more outfield and a little more pitching, but, but I float a lot because I just let them do what they want to do. Um, my, my number, my top assistant who left after 19, uh, the one who had the infield situation, uh, he he liked to do infield and pitching because we seem to have a lot of years where our infielders were our pitchers. So I don't need a lot of help. And this way I can monitor the throws a little better. So, you know, we, we listen to what they say. I listen to what they say and I let them do what they came on to do. If you bring a coach on and don't give him responsibility and don't give him some leeway, I don't think he's coming back. And I learned that from, from Jim Sims, who uh, MSABC hall of Famer, but at our 26, 27 years. And, you know, I came in and, and I would always ask him, Jim, are you, are you okay if I do this? He goes, look, you're the coach. I'll let you know if you're doing something wrong, do it, go do what you do. And, and it made me feel an empowerment as an assistant coach that, that what I wanted to do was, was, uh, it was respected and, and it was, you know, valued and, uh, and it made me want to be better all the time. Mm. Well, so, yeah, it's, Awesome. You know, that's exactly what people want to work for too, you know? And, um, so it's, it's pretty, and how long have you been at Chesapeake now? I think this will be my 19th year 19. and be my 10th year as the head coach. Okay. 10th year as head coach. And then how many yeah. years were you at Eastern? Six. That's like your head coach there for six yeah. years. Okay. So, and, and I guess that, you know, one of the biggest lessons learning is, is a matter of the buy-in having your coaches, um, you know, from the Chesapeake area. Oh man, that's super good. So six coaches, man. That's awesome. Um, how do you guys, I guess, managing all this? Cause of course you have your head JV coach as part of that. So will you guys run a lot of stuff together? Like, do you like to doing the whole program stuff or do you let him just kind of do his own JV stuff and you have the university stuff? 
we do a lot of program stuff in the off season. So in, in the summertime, we try to get our kids on the same teams in the fall. We get try to get them on the same teams. Uh, we have the goal every year of working together, but we have one field and a couple of batting cages. Uh, we've got lacrosse practice behind us. We got other practice at the side. So we, we're, we're out of space really. We end up kind of splitting the field. I might give them, let's say the first 45 minutes and then we get the rest. Mm-hmm do a whole lot of work together anymore uh we used to have a field in the back that we would we you know wasn't great but it was an opportunity to go out there and split up but uh no i'd like to work more the logistics of working more with the time constraints they put on us now we're we're supposed to be in and out in two hours right. and it, it's kind of difficult to do that when when you got 36 guys you're trying to rotate through whatever stations are set for the day mm-hmm. so we don't do it as much as we would like to um but, but, you know, that's, I guess that's a decision that we make. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Especially cause I know you like, you like to compete so well and you've had so many good players. So I'm sure it'd be great to have your younger kids, you know, alongside your, your varsity athletes, your really good all state players and guys that you've had going. Yeah. That'd be nice to kind of tutor them. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. So like, um, I, I mean, just going through another thing, like you, so you, like you said, I even get into a little bit of the summer and the fall stuff. You know, I'd love to hear about that. So, like, will you guys have your own summer teams and your own fall teams? You'll do that? Or, you know, will, like, your certain players go on to other other places? Yeah, yes to both of those. We we offer a summer program. We want our kids to play together all summer. We generally split them into two teams, the returning varsity guys, the returning JV guys. And then uh, if we have a couple, you know, high flyers – uh, typically we work, we've worked well with the Monarchs in the past. They're, they're pretty close to us. So they take a few of our kids. We've had some guys go up to Putty Hill, places like that. Um, so we're, we're not averse to a kid, uh, playing at what he believes might be a higher level. That's, it's good for him. It's good for us. You know, it's good, good notoriety for both of us. We pick his brain for, Hey, what'd you learn over there that we can put into our program? So we've never held a kid back. We just want our kids to play. Mm-hmm. We all, the more they play, the better they're going to get. And so if we can keep them together most of the summer, most of the fall, then I think that's a win for, for all of us. And if we got a couple guys that are, that are really up there and they can, they can bring it or they can hit it, then, you know, we're going to let them go someplace else if, if, if they want to, we'd never, we'd never tell them they couldn't do that. That's not, that's not how we run the program. Sure. And then you just kind of carry that into the fall. So those same kind of teams and just have, a, you'll end up making a fall schedule for them as well. Yeah, we do. And the, the fall changes a little bit because we're not allowed to coach so much. Yeah. So we have taken the freshman team, the incoming freshman team. We put a big note out to our school and to our uh, the Facebook account and to the youth coaches who are sending their kids up from the from our Lakeshore system. And uh, we tell them all, hey, look, we're having a tryout. And we have a two to three day tryout. We try to keep only about 12 or 13 for that for that fall. Uh, but you know, sometimes we have more than that, uh, but it gives us uh, eight games to watch these kids progress rather than three days in March. So it's, it's kind of a good thing for us to get some eyes on those kids. And we've been following a little bit as they come through the youth organization, because my kids play in the same youth organization. So I see a lot of kids and you know, they, the, the parents and the coaches know who I am. So they come over and watch our practices. And, you know, if they ask any questions, I'm certainly going to explain anything I can. They watch some of our games. So you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a funneling, I guess. And, you know, we do what we can and, and, uh, you know, hopefully good results will keep coming. Yeah. I, de- I definitely want to, I definitely want to get into that here, here in a minute. I just have one question then about, uh, like about with, the, um, um, with the fall. So like you'll take, like you said, you as in the, the coaching staff, cause again, Maryland restrictions, you can't right. coach. It's only, I think 80% of your lineup in the fall during school year. Um, so will your other team, will they get coached by like a dad or somebody that's not on the staff? Yeah. So we, we've been super fortunate with, with parents. We've had some great parents. We've, we've had uh, in fact, um, my, my, the guy that did a lot of this for us this year was the groundskeeper at our youth uh, place for the last four or five years. And he's promised he's going to be our groundskeeper this year for, for our school. Nice. We've always had a groundskeeper come through and sometimes it's a grandfather, sometimes it's somebody else, but, but uh, yeah, so we will coach the freshmen then we'll have uh, two, three dads, whatever it might be. And then we've also, the last couple of years, we've had a couple of former players who've come back in the fall 
And uh, in fact, one of the guys from our 14 team, our, our uh, shortstop from the 14 team who had the game winning RBI, he uh, he's come back and coached with us every summer and every fall. That's so awesome. a couple guys rolling in and we can't do it in the, in the regular season because they're not, they're not coaches on staff, but in the fall, there's no restriction because we play with the Lakeshore banner. So, you know, they can come in and coach and, you know, that that's to me, the next guy that leaves, I'm looking for this guy right here. Who's been a part of the program has mm-hmm. success coach with our fall. Come on board. Let's go. And that's how we try to do it. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great segue now, like I said, going into the youth, I knew you were involved with the youth, uh, the youth program and knowing what you guys have basically coming up. Uh, can you kind of explain, like, I mean, I know that probably didn't start like right away or maybe it did just because of what Chesapeake is and the, and the, and the tradition that you have there, but like just a, a little bit about how you, you know, like you said, the development program that you have in the youth levels. So I, I think I've been told that Lakeshore baseball is the largest youth baseball organization in, in Maryland. Now they've got that big complex. Uh, they've got two 90 foot diamonds, uh, four uh, Pinto diamonds and probably six or eight little guy diamonds. So there's a lot of people playing baseball there. We try to do our best every year to participate in their parade. Unfortunately, it's somewhat like college and high school for us. We're playing the same time they're playing. So we don't always have the opportunity to get down there and support them. They don't have the opportunity to get and support us, but I'm going to give my former head coach great credit. He was the president of that association while his son was coming through and he saw the value in changing the colors of the organization. So, cause all these kids were looking at us and going, Hey, we want to be Chesapeake high school. So he said, well, you know what? We're going to be Chesapeake high school small. We're going to wear Chesapeake high school colors, fashion our jerseys the same way they do. Wear the hats the same way they do. And that's a, that's part of the buy-in, right? These kids mm-hmm. are eight, nine, 10, 12, 13, 14. And all they want to be is on our team. So if we can continue that and keep that going, it's an awesome, awesome thing. Uh, one of the things that has been a little bit uh, uh, less than I expected, uh, and you know, we haven't gone back to this in a while. I should think about that. But many years ago, five, eight years ago, we would call down to the youth organization and say, look, our coaches would like to perform a clinic. Mm-hmm. And we, were getting, we weren't getting them coming in because I think we may have tried to do it at the wrong time because soon, like right now or next week, all of those travel kids they're going to be at the indoor batting cages and they're going to be spending time with trainers. That's, that's where we've gotten to with 13 year old baseball. And right. it's, it's a little it's insane. So we, they don't have the time that we might have to offer a, you know, putting on a clinic of sorts and that sort. And, you know, with the MSABC, we've tried to put on youth clinics and I think we've only done two and we've, we've had the plans in the makes for many of them, but we just can't seem to get that, that thing, that thing rolling. Mm-hmm. But like I'm, I'm just thinking in terms too of um, how you keep, like you said, you keep yourself available to there. Like your sons went through there, so I know like even you've been even coaching at the youth level, um, and I guess that helps you kind of keep your kind of hand on kind of knowing what's coming up. Yeah, it does. And then so with, did you find that hard to do? Like, was that something that like at Eastern, were you able to do that over there? Is that part of that? Or, or is that something that really uh, like just lends itself better at Chesapeake? Well, I also grew up in this community myself when we, we moved here when I was 13 years old, but this is, I went to school here myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to Eastern tech, it's a total different geographic dynamic. Yeah. So I probably couldn't even tell you where three baseball fields were outside of what I played on, but here I've known this organization. I've known the people that they play. Uh, Anne Arundel County is a, it's a, it's, it's kind of been known as a hotbed for baseball for a long time. So I, I know a lot of different places around here. So certainly it was easier here. It was set up before I came. Mm-hmm. It continued under what we do now and it's going to keep going because 90% of those kids are going to come to the school. So they all want to, take that natural progression. And, you know, it certainly helps that we've been successful and the kids see that and they want to come and have that kind of success. So, you know, it, it, it's one side helping the other, I guess. Well, sure it is. Yeah. Cause they're only becoming better themselves, you know, which helping the Lakeshore program. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But they all want to wear the baby blue. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. Even me. It's my favorite uniform. Yep. Yep. That's great, man. Super good. Yeah, I just, um, you know, it's just where uh, I'm just thinking of like, and 
I guess you said like you kind of came. Do you feel like you came in to this running, or how has your culture maybe changed? You know, has the culture always been there? Um, how do you feel like you've helped develop and push the culture where it is now as Chesapeake being one of the dominant programs in Maryland? Um, I, uh, it's a tough question, um, but I appreciate that. Uh, I think our culture has changed. I don't think it was bad or wrong, but I think it's maybe adopted more of my personality. And one of the things that, that makes that easier is that I'm in the school. The former head coach, Jim Sims, was not in the school. He wasn't a teacher. So he had that disconnect of the seven and a half hours of school day. I'm connected all day with these kids. Um, I think that I think that what I've done is I've made kids feel like being in this program means you're important. And if you're in this program, you're important to me. I do a lot uh, during school with these kids that that I think helps our culture. So, you know, one of the things that I like to do, I get in contact with our academic advisor and I get an email every Friday of all their grades. I get every class, I get every test they've taken, every quiz they've turned in, every homework they didn't turn in. And what I do is I'll get that big computer listing of eight or nine classes, whatever they have. And if they're not doing well in a class, I'll cut it, I'll highlight it. And when the kids see me walking through the lunch lines, oh, they're not happy. Cause that means I got slips that are basically telling them you're not meeting our standard. Um, we, Anne County has a 2.0 GPA requirement. I tell them, if you don't have a 2.5, you're going to go and see the teacher that's affecting that until you get that grade up so that you're no longer going to be a problem for us. And I say problem. It's not a problem at all. Here's what happened to us many years ago. We had a kid who was pretty good and uh, his grades were not. So I was getting calls from, I'm not getting calls. I mean, Towson from UMBC, some division one programs. And I just had to tell him he won't qualify. Mm-hmm. It was a tough conversation. It was one, it was an embarrassing conversation. And uh, after that, um, you know, uh, my assistant coach, Coach Marsh, a lot, a lot more, a lot more willing to pull a trigger and damn be the consequences than I am. He said, we got to require more from them. He says, we, they'll give it to us if we require more from them. And being the teacher, I'm like, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, we can do that. Mm-hmm. So I asked and there was no repercussion for that. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, what parent is going to come in and argue, you can't demand my son does better in school. <laughs> right. It's not an argument that works. So we we started it. Uh, I'll tell you what, Trey, we've never been questioned. And we've also in my, I guess it's been nine, ten, nine or 10 years now, we've lost one kid to grades. That's it. One kid. So, you know, we, we did something like that. Another thing we did is um, after, after a Cherry Hill clinic, Cherry Oak Clinic gets me in a lot of trouble here. Uh, (laughs) um, We kind of came up with the idea that, look, when you get into college, you're not going to have an indoor stadium where it's 72 degrees and nobody wants it. You're going to have the indoor football facility when the football team doesn't Mm -hmm. So what that translates into is you're going to be up early and coming to, to, you know, do some workout stuff. Mm -hmm. So we implemented six years ago, a 5.30 a.m. workout program. We, we get, these kids in the building at 5.30. And I say we get these kids, we get 35 kids, 5.30 in the morning. And we go through an aggressive hour and a half workout where every kid is soaking full of sweat and taking showers before going to their first period class. Uh, You know, the kids talk about that all year round. They talk about they hate it, but there's 35 of them there at 5.30 in the morning. So clearly they, they either they're scared to death not to come or they understand that it, you know it's part of our culture and it's what what binds us together. We we start that about right now. Usually, usually first. Yeah, as well as wondering, you did mostly the winter, like the eight weeks leading up to the season. Is that what you basically exactly? Did? Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's exactly what we did. And uh, we, we we've had some had some great success with that. It's not always about baseball, right? It's about these thirty five guys getting up and being here at five thirty in the morning. You know, five thirty in the morning. Sometimes it's twenty degrees. And these guys are parking their cars and walking across the parking lot and coming in and getting after it. And so that's been some of our greatest thing. Uh, you know, we, we have a trainer right now who uh, wholeheartedly believes in our program. He joins us two years in a row. He's been there every day, 530 in the morning, working out with the kids, helping if they get a little, you know, uh, this hurts, that hurts. It's, you know, a buy-in from, from a guy who just wants to be a part of the program. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. 
So the two big things that's what's helped you is 5.3 lifting as well as the 2.5. kind of So just even that alone, like, like you said, you kind of learned the lesson of we've just expected more. Is there anything else that you've kind of taken that principle on and say, hey, you're part of this. We're just, you're just going to, we're just going to expect you to do a little bit more. Hmm. I may have to, uh, look at my notes here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking like, that can't be something that you're just like, Oh, it's just the great thing. I'm sure that maybe something and say, yeah, like everybody does this, but we're taking that a little bit extra step, you know, like it just, yeah. I don't know, man. I was just, I was wondering, like, I was thinking, man, it's gotta be, there might have to be something else in there that, you know, maybe it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the five thirty lifting, you know. Like, it, you know, we could come in at six, you know, but it's just five, it's just a, it's just a little bit, it's just a little yeah. bit more, a little more intense, you know. Like, um, I guess one other cultural thing, and maybe this isn't a cultural thing. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm a big slogan guy. I know, you know, you 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 really read a lot of Brian Kane. I, I do yeah. too. Read some John Gordon stuff and John O'Leary stuff. But one of the things that that those guys gave me was, you know, you got to have a unifying, almost like what John Gordon does right now with his one word. You got to have a unifying piece for your team. And so every year that I've been the head coach, we've had a slogan on the back of a t-shirt and it is their practice shirt. They're required to wear that and only that every day to practice. We make all our kids look exactly alike. And I can remember back in high school when it's cold, you know, we'd wear big puffer jackets to practice. Well, no, we wear baseball clothes. You can wear a long sleeve shirt. You can wear our t-shirt. So every kid looks the same at practice. And uh, we, we, there's always a, a story behind whatever that slogan might be. And I think that's been one of the things that's been super well received by our kids. There's always that moment of, you know, laugh. Oh, that's dumb. But when I have the lacrosse team chanting back our slogan to us as they walk by, I know that it means something to, to these kids. Mm-hmm. And so that might be something else that's helped our culture is that, you know, everybody's the same. Nobody's going to come in here looking different. You're going to, you're going to wear the same thing we wear every day or you're not going to come to practice. So. How do you, how do you end up? So like, what's your stock? I know you're in the building and all, so that could help there too. That's why I'm wondering is how, how do you, how do you create that phrase? That's something that you just give them or that's something that you kind of work together on. Do you have certain meetings? Do you have like a, I mean, how, how does that how do you, how do you grow that? So out of every time we've done every time, but one, it has been totally me. I don't even share it with my coaches until I reveal the, the, you know, the, the shirt pattern on the front and the slogan on the back. One year I had a senior said to me, he came to me and he goes, coach King, do you mind if I put, put something on the back of the shirt for a slogan? And I told him it, it depends on what it is, but he came to me and asked me if he could be this guy that did something nobody's ever done. It was on the shirt. It didn't matter what it said. Right. He, he wrote on there, believe or leave. And so, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been a great thing for us, but it's always been me. And I've been searching recently because I'm still keeping my fingers crossed that we're going to get in there this year. Yeah. Hope yeah. we do. I hope you guys do for sure. So that's, I, I would totally agree. No matter what that kid would have said, like just the amount of ownership that that took, I'm sure that you guys are successful. And that guy's, I'm sure, is even successful to this day. Mm, that's awesome. So, oh, man. So culturally, awesome stuff. Uh, we, we get in a little bit. Of, so um, any anything like you – You've done done really well at Eastern Tech. You're, you're you're president of the association. Your guys are always at the top of the heap in Maryland. Like, what for you? It, it continues to drive you, you know, to to stay at this at this high level. It continues to drive you and to keep you know, Chesapeake at this high level. Well, that's that's another great question. <laughs> at first, I you know I kind of speak from the heart. You know, I moved here yeah. when I was years old and got got uprooted from Southern California where. Everybody wants to live, and I'm not sure why anymore, but everybody wants to live there. It's great places, this, that. And so when I got to, to Chesapeake High School, the head coach at the time, who who has passed away by now, but but the head coach at the time kind of made me feel a part of that family because that's the culture he was trying to grow there. And I, I don't know that as a 12-year-old, as a 13-year-old, maybe I could even understand that, but as a 
14-year-old and a 15-year-old who just been transplanted 3,000 miles across the country. And this is what you got. This is your friendship, this baseball team. Okay. I really appreciated that. And so that, that just, that drives me still knowing that, that, you know, the vision he had for the program, what Jim Sims did for the program, what everybody ahead of me has done for this program. I feel a responsibility. Uh, I've, I've made a lot of connections with our alumni. We've had about five alumni games. I don't know if you've ever been a part of one of those, but man, those are, when, when you're talking about bringing guys back from 25, 26 years ago, and I got one kid, <laughs> one guy telling me, he shows up in jeans. And I said, Curry, you got any sweatpants? He goes, no, nope, I got jeans. He says, and I got my cleats from high school. And he pulled out a whole old set of spot built, you know, the ones that used to have to rivet to the bottom of the shoes. Oh, yeah. But we had 35 guys there that day. Wow. And we had 35 guys the next day writing me how sore they were. You know? <laughs> that's why That's why I want good things for this program. Because some kid might be just like me and really need that that affiliation with that program. And it might be a stepping stone for going on to coach baseball in high school at his alma mater. Cause it was for me. That's right. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I just, you know, it's just, I know I'm kind of off the cuff there too. I just, like I said, I'm just, I'm just thinking of things. It's something I've always kind of thought like you just, you keep, you keep moving and you see that and you see these guys that, uh, you know, and you, you just looked at it and you wonder what is driving it, you know, well, there's, there's a fire there, you know, and, it, and it's something that I was just, just something that I was just, I was just wondering, just keeps you, you keeps you going and it's awesome to hear, but yeah, it's, it's the, great to hear your why your purpose is there and trying to help out the, um, everyone there, man. Let's, so it sounds like, um, you know, a great buy-in from alumni. Um, you know, do you do anything else besides the alumni game to help with the alumni? Do you, um, is there anything else that, um, cause you said, like you said, it's such a kind of a tight knit community. Um, are, is there any other kind of things that you do to help maybe bring in more alumni support? So we have a Facebook page mm-hmm. and a Twitter. Uh, I, I, I'm self-proclaimed. I'm not the best technology guy, but I put results of all of our games. I put on there of good things happen to our players. Uh, we, you know, we had a kid, a spin Weber this past summer, I guess two summers ago, he was given the opportunity to play in an independent league. And so that was a good thing for us. Uh, so I, I try to communicate with social media as best I can, but the, the, there's a big gap in the middle of our alumni that, that I still don't quite know how to reach. It's kind of in between the time that I was there and I got back there. So that's the years that I'm trying to get a little more, a little more touched with. I'm hoping that word of mouth will, will do that. And we're going to try again to uh, get an alumni game here either this summer or next summer in hopes that we can, you know, make it happen. We, we stopped doing it every year. We are, the attendance was down a little bit. And I, at one, the last game we had, I had to catch for both sides. Ooh. I was not prepared for that. So that was a, that was a, that was a tough day. That was so, a tough, I was probably a tough week. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> I we, struggling with. we weren't going to do it every year after that. So uh, yeah to do it this past summer and obviously you know things didn't work out so you like to do yours during the summer huh yeah yeah Normally i know, I've, just seen, of- I've just seen guys have you know done them during the easter break you know the spring break there you know trying to get a game in here and there but well i still have to coach so yeah i can't, can't be getting all uh getting all sore and mm-hmm. turn my on a base or anything like that right but, yeah the summers work for us sure yeah and you know it's, it's interesting because our umpire group I always try to pay him for working the game. He's, they're like, no, no, this is too much fun for us. We're not. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a great idea. If you don't have an alumni game, it's a great idea to put one together. You'd be surprised who shows up. Shoes that we wear. So that gets me thinking about like fundraising and things like that, you know, because I'm sure that, you know, maybe you probably tie a little bit of fundraising maybe into the alumni game. Uh, is that an opportunity to do any fundraising and would you like to speak on any kind of, you know, unique, maybe things that you've been successful with? Cause I know like, you know, you, you've had to, you know, I know you put money into the facility, your facility's gotten better and um, the, at the swamp, you know, like you like to say, <laughs> so uh, like, you know, how, how have, how has that been able to, have you, has that, has that, has the alumni game been able to create some fundraising opportunities and what other ones have you been successful at? 
So the alumni game uh, has raised some money for us, but it's uh, it's not probably as you'd think. We, you know, we told the guys we'd like you to give us $15 and the shirt that we got them was probably $14.50. So, you know, we didn't want that to be a money-making thing, but also wasn't going to get changed. So, mm-hmm. you know, asked them 15 bucks. And some guys gave us, 20. one guy gave us 500 and that's really all that, you know, we didn't ask for any money. I, I didn't do it for money. I didn't have that as my primary goal. I realized that you can do that. And, and some people are, you know, will, will go for that, but it was more important to me to get them back together and, and, and just have fun. And mm-hmm. so we, did that. Uh, but as far as general fundraising goes, um, I'm going to have to tell you that Lakeshore, uh, our, our youth organization gets these guys in a fundraising mode way before they get to us. So then when they come to us, it's not, are we, it's what are we doing? And okay. so we've done, we've done all kinds of things. You know, we, we have uh, sold the little tickets. We've sold the coupon cards. We've sold the coupon books. We've done all that stuff. The, uh, the fundraiser that seems to work the best for us has been just an online donation platform. Yeah. You basically, you know, spread out from, each kid to uncle Jim to uncle Joe to aunt Susan and whoever else they want to, they want to do. And it's been, uh, it's been very, very good for us. And as you know, as a former coach, a former high school coach, the time that it takes to fundraise is the part that nobody likes. Mm-hmm. You know, the online platform is it's super fast, um, 30 minutes to set it up and then two minutes to check it whenever you want to check it. So it's not really a big deal at all. Uh, I've really forgotten a lot of the other ways that we've fundraised. I'll tell you what we did one year that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I've had the same girl cut my hair since we were in high school. She was oh my. Still in high school. I just went to her a couple of days ago, right? But uh, <laughs> the girl one day I said, Donna, I need to I need to use you as a, as a fundraiser. She says, what do you want? I said, I want you to do a haircut fundraiser because I want all my kids to cut their hair. And then what we'll do is we'll sweep all the hair up put it in tennis ball cans and we'll put out pledges a uh, dollar per inch or whatever. I think we made like 700 bucks on that just from kids getting with just shoving their hair in a tennis ball can and measuring it. <laughs> it was insane. And Donna did the whole thing to the whole team, JV and varsity, 37 kids. She brought one of the stylists from her shop, cut the whole team's hair. We look great. I don't know if we played great or not, but we raised some money on that. So it was fun. <laughs> on the length of hair. Yeah. That is unbelievable. That is hilarious. That is pretty funny. That has to yeah. go down as one of the unique, unique. Uh, what even? I mean, how do you even think? I think I'm going to fundraise on hair this year. <laughs> we just need to do a haircut. And, and yeah. I thought, let's see if we can make money while we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That is great. Oh man, Ken, that's creative. That's creativity at its that's finest. Right. That is a that is public school creativity, high school creativity at its finest right there. We need mm-hmm. haircuts and we need how to get a couple baseballs. <laughs> we're going to, we're going <laughs> to, oh, it's awesome. That is awesome. Classic. Like that's classic, man. That made it right there for me, buddy. Oh, I knew this conversation was going to be awesome. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I had myself thinking of that. <laughs> Last night. Well, it's kind of hard. We're both wearing masks. She's trying to cut hair with a mask on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I wish that was good. Mm, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot, that's good. So like, yeah, like, man, is like, if you would say that, I mean, honestly, like, you got, you're so. Uh, I mean, for me, I always think that I, I don't know, it's my perception of you. I'm a, a well-rounded, great guy, um, just first class all the way. Like, wh- what do you feel like in your program, like, that you do the best? Like, what do you feel like? It's something that you would hang your hat on that you would say, this is what, that what we do. I think the thing that I do the best is make kids feel wanted and included. I want them to know that, you know, it's important to me that they're a part of our program and, and I want them to feel that they want to be a part of the program for a long time. And, you know, we do that with, you know, the great checks to do it all year long. I, I mean, there's people that don't even play baseball and they see me walking through the, the, the cafeteria and they start hooting and hollering because they know what's going on. But as much as they don't like that, they love that. They love to be held accountable. 
because that means they're a part of something. And so cr creating a situation where I think they're a, they're a part of our program is, uh, is maybe the, the, the best thing that I've done. You know, the, the unification of the slogan on the back of our shirt, the 530 workout. We, we get uh, alumni who come back and play in our alumni game. We get guys who come back and, and coach in the program. So we're doing something right there. And, and I don't know if I've got my fingers on all the hot pulse points, but I feel the way that we, we, we just keep telling our kids and over and over, Hey, you're, you're special. You're a Chesapeake high school baseball player and you're going to be expected to be a little better for that. I, I think it's a good thing. So almost like breathing life into those and just really think about building a culture is really what you feel you can hang, hang your hat on for sure. You know, and I, yeah. it's been, it speaks for itself. I mean, honestly, it's, it just speaks for itself. You know, the way that you, how you guys run your business and, you know, people come in to play Chesapeake, they know they're going to be in a dog fight. And cause like you said, your kids are bought into that thinking that that's, that's what they do. That's who they are. Yeah. Hey, on oh, one side, you we're trying to build better men and better ball players, right? Yeah, man. That's been, I got it to a point, I think it was like 13 or four, it might've been 14 that year. Like, it's got to be more, you know, and I just, it was just that magical year. We kind of caught the lightning and, but it was still like the first year we did a book study, you know, first year, kind of like what you said is making it like, this is what we're about. But it's also the first year when I had a kid come to me and say, I want to, we, we, we want, we want to breathe life into winning a championship. I want to talk to the mm -hmm. team about this. Like we had a little bit more ownership yeah. too that year. Um, we were, and, um, but yeah, it was just definitely more than that, man. Uh, I think it just, and like you said, the accountability piece um, hits it on the head, you know, cause yeah, I, I've never, I never heard it said like that, you know, being held accountable makes me feel like I'm a part of something special, part of something, you know, which is, which is definitely true. You know, we know accountability is a big part of it, but I never heard it spoke like that as in a culture sense, you know, the accountability of it is still part of the culture. You know, it's still part of being who we are when typically it's, a negative thing that people almost kind of relate it to. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Mm. You're right. Mm. Ken. Awesome. 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 Is there, is, is there anything that we've kind of missed out, man? We've kind of, I think we've just kind of, you know, it was a great, it was great, man. Is there anything like you feel we might've left out you want to get into? You might've, I know that you're a great practice planner. Do you want to get into, is there anything that you feel you want to just get into that we might not have discussed? You know, one topic that, and I'm not sure who's, who's even going to listen to this. I'm not, I haven't, you know, targeted the audience yet, but one of the things that I like to tell everybody is that if you're not going to clinics, you're missing out on a great opportunity because the clinic itself, no matter who it is, they're going to have great speakers, but at that clinic are going to be guys like you and me. And we're going to sit down in a hallway somewhere and we're going to have this same conversation recorded or not recorded. And we're going to both benefit so much from this that it's going to bring back great things for our program. And when you go to a, a, a clinic right now, the ABCA virtual clinic is on, but you're going to talk to, you have the possibility of talking to 8,000 people who do the same thing you do and are so willing to share what they've done because somebody shared it with them. Right. I, I think if I could give anybody just some, some basic advice, start going to some clinics, listening and then talking and then listening again, you're going to learn so much. And, and one of the things you might learn is that what you're doing is right and what you're doing is great. And one of the things that you might learn is that, hey, you could do a small change and make a great difference in your program. There's so much to be learned by listening to other people. And I think that's a, that's a great crime in our country right now. We don't like to listen so much. We like to talk a lot. We don't like to listen so much. But uh, there's opportunities out there to become a better coach. And you know, this is about year 25 for me. I haven't missed a clinic in 17 years, something of that sort. And then, you know, with our mailing guys, the uh, MSABC have been part of that program for probably all 25 years. I've been a high school coach and I've been uh, some sort of a, a committee member uh, for most of that. And, uh, you know, it's great dividends to meet people like you, meet other people out the West that I'd never have an opportunity to meet. And then you get to talk with these guys and hang out and, and, and you know, speak, speak the breath of baseball. It's good. Yeah, it is good. Now, that was great about advice. There's there's definitely guys that who will, I, I think just the feedback that I've been getting and guys that have been listening just feel like 
like I was talking to Andy Baker at Middletown, like he just feels like he needs, he didn't want to, he wants a clinic, you know, and that's what he's kind of ex- liked about this is gives mm-hmm. we've been getting into some nuts and bolts of things and where he could hand it to a staff and say, take a look at this, you know, this. So I think that's extremely valuable. And I, I love how you said about going to a clinic. A lot of times just validates what you're doing well, you know, because I know we all want to, I know for me, it's always a matter of I'll try this and I'll try that or, but it really just value like, look, what we're doing is good. Like we're going to, we need to continue this not just change for the sake of change. Um, but I agree wholeheartedly agree about to be able to sit in a corner, you know, grab a guy walking out and just being able to touch base with them and network is just huge. That's, that's the last, a lot of reason like for me to start, this was been fortunate to, 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 to network, you know, get guys like you and, and just guys, I've learned it from, from clinics and just, just talking base. And then all of a sudden we got his number. All of a sudden we, Hey, what do you think about this? Here's a video. What, you know, and it's been, I think it's what I think it's what's great about baseball coaches. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you kind of touched base about um, the MSABC. You know, for those guys who don't know, it's our state state coach association, uh, and you've been a part of it. Um, like I said, a long time, and um, I was part of it every year. Uh, every year that I I was a head coach, and since then, so been 13, 13 years now. Um, you know, what would you like to speak about? you know, about the importance of a coach association and what the association can do for you as a coach, as well as for other coaches. Okay, great, great. Um, I think that uh, the first thing the MSABC does is it gets people together like you and me and and our counterparts all over the state. You know, we, some people come to meetings, some people just come to uh, uh, some of the events that we have. But the core of the MSABC is to put our high school players in front of college coaches. We've been doing that for a long, long time. Uh, it's it's kind of built itself up to uh, playing most of our games now in in professional stadiums. We are we're sometimes getting uh, well. First of all, I think we we service about a thousand kids a year. That's a that's a big number. About a thousand mm-hmm. a year attend uh, one of our events in some way, shape, or form, and some of them attend three and four of them. We're getting. Uh, the best high school coaches in the state are, are supervising these activities. We're getting sometimes 30, 40, 50 college coaches to come in. You're getting coaches from Virginia, from Pennsylvania, from New Jersey, Delaware, West Virginia, Maryland. So we're getting kids in front of college coaches at zero cost for the kid. doesn't cost the kid a penny. Okay. And we're putting together uh, teams that, that we think are the best in the state for the year. We call it our preseason all-state team. We end up putting together teams at the end. We've got five, I'm sorry, four different games that we play where we pit juniors against juniors, seniors against seniors, uh, freshmen, sophomores against each other. We, we, our crescendo event is the Brooks Robinson game at Camden Yards. So we're doing a lot of great things with kids, trying to get them in front of college coaches and getting them playing on some of these, these great facilities so that they can then continue on with their baseball career. And, and we're not doing it like some people are saying, Hey, we need, to let you play in this event. So I think it's a great opportunity for coaches to get involved. It gets you in networking situations like this. Uh, It's certainly better in the real world, but we're coming back to that very shortly, I hope. So we'll get that that sense together. And that's a great learning opportunity as well. So it's a win-win for everybody involved. Absolutely. Yep. And I love how you say there, zero dollars, you know, and that's one thing even goes to, and it's a shame that people have to associate money with what might be have value um but that's an, an extreme value um you know so the biggest thing that guys has to have they just got to show up you yep. know hopefully they just show up for it and which is a it's a life lesson in itself just show up to a tryout get your name put your name get, get your name out there and and uh and even as a coach you know to be able to show up and put in your time and help out the state help out the kids that not necessarily or even just in your area you know a lot of guys just want to help their guy but it's a chance to be able to showcase, help your area out and help, which then helps the state get the right guys and for the players. I think that's the most important thing, making sure we're getting the right people. But yeah. if we don't get them, can't get the right people. Right. And show up. I agree. Uh, so then, Ken, this has just been, I think that was great. We just covered so many good, good things, very valuable. And I'm sure a lot of people love to get into some things, especially the stuff like, the infield stuff that I know you're going to present about, which is awesome. You're a BCA present. You're going to present at the BCA. Um, 
And uh, so that's cool. We both we're both gonna present. We both present on infield. Because when I present on infield, I think it was yeah, the year the year you were regional regional coach of the year. That's when I was there, right? Isn't that because you were there that year? Was it wasn't Nashville? It? Yeah. 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 Na- okay. Yep. That's right. Nashville. Yeah, because I think you were the regional coach of the year and you're getting your award and you were there. And that's when I was presenting. I present on infield and then you're going to present on infield. That's cool, man. Mine's not going to be quite as high energy as yours. <laughs> that's just, that's my hang my hat on. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I call it blessed, but that's just who I am. So, uh, yeah, that's just where I'm at. <laughs> but yeah, but now nah, you'll, but you'll be extremely well detailed and it'll be awesome. So speaking of that, so like how would someone maybe want to get some of the information, contact you, but maybe other things and maybe go maybe some details of, um, of other, other things about your program. So uh, probably the easiest way is through the MSABC. So my email address for the MSABC is K S is in Sam King at MarylandBaseball.org. And www.marylandbaseball.org is the uh, website for the State Baseball Coaches Association as well. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. And that'll be great. So, man, I just, I, I can't thank you enough, man. I knew this was going to be great. Um, glad we were able to get it done. And, you know, we worked through a little bit of technical difficulties at the beginning. So <laughs> to make it work, man, I knew we were going to make it work. I, I really, I really appreciate it, Ken. Uh, give me, even Kel, I was thought we were talking to, we're just going over the week, the calendar stuff. She's like, Oh, I see you're getting ready to talk to Ken this week. And I was like, she's like, that'll be a great conversation. So even, even my wife knew it was gonna be great. Well, I appreciate that. I, I was uh, very excited that you asked and, and happy to do it. It was, it was a fun time. Uh, I can't wait to listen to it and think to myself, that was wrong. That was wrong. That was- <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I got more right than wrong. Head coach, Kenny King, just knocking out of the park. I just uh, love talking to Ken and um, been somebody that I'd really look up to and really glad I was able to get a chance to actually record a conversation that we had talking baseball and talking on great things that he does in his program. But um, I, I loved I love the standards, man. I love you know him him walking around the – the lunch, <clears throat> walk around at lunch, and him having those pizza papers and those people and those kids know. Um, always envy of that. I think that's really, I think that's really a difference maker too. Um, I was never able, had the privilege of being in the building as a head coach. Taught middle school for the last couple years, and on the same campus for nine uh, out of the eleven uh, at the elementary school for five years and then at the middle school um for the last three there and uh but just being in the building there's something to it and like that's the thing is coach king talked about you know he talked about how he's able to be in the building there's just just a there's a little bit more you can do you gotta get your handle on them people can see that what you do is just a little bit more special um you're making it more special you're holding his more accountable um you're creating a better environment that kids can see and they want to be a part of that. And it makes them feel even more special. And just like what anybody does, that's, that's great culture stuff. And, uh, I fully agree. It seems like that's like he said, that's what he feels like he does best is, is making kids feel that, um, you know, and, and uh, it was just a great conversation. I, I really enjoyed it and lessons learned, you know, for me, it's continuing to make that. Make it feel special wherever you are. Hold kids to a higher standard. I love how you said that how the accountability makes it more special. You know, I'm going to hold you to a higher standard, and that's what makes what we're doing special, knowing that I'm holding you here. I care about what you're doing, and that's what makes it special. That's what makes it important. And, um, you know, and he couldn't even be more right, too, about going to clinics and, and learning, and I think that's where... Um, you know, a lot of baseball coaches, like I've said no more times on the podcast, but I think what's great about baseball coaches is how much they're willing to share. And that's what's great about going to clinics and things like that. I, I love seeing guys and wishing more guys in our area actually went and seeing guys around. And, um, you know, because it's just the fact of not necessarily just getting something from a clinic and hearing that, but being around other guys that you can see there. 
are just as passionate and willing to share and want to talk baseball and want to talk how you doing and and uh, it's just some of the best things about it, just the networking and, and being around great people. Um, and so it's just something very valuable. And I know that people are going to be dying to do that next year once all this COVID stuff gets out and nothing, everything has to be so virtual and spaced out right now. So something that um, will be highly looked at, looked forward to in the future. So um, Coach King, uh, please reach out to him for any more other examples information at ksking at marylandbaseball.org um, again check out the, our website for the Maryland State Baseball Coach Association at www.marylandbaseball.org again thanks Coach Kenny King for a great episode some valuable information and until next week keep getting better